for 30 dishes, you could go to your local farmer's market or to the supermarket and you can cook that dish and still have an impact on the planet through either reducing waste or um, mostly adapting to using seasonal produce at their prime and, and how to do that. One of the great things about doing your own podcast is that you can pretty much do whatever you like. And when we came up with the idea for Dirty Linen, it was always about telling stories, about elevating people who perhaps don't have a platform to get their message out there, to tell their story, uh, to share their truth. Um, and I suppose with this next series, we are taking that one step further by handing over the podcast to one of my favourite people in food and in the world, Joe Barrett. Uh, Joe is an incredible chef. She's a sustainability advocate, action person, and she has just released a book called Sustain, which brings all her energy, intelligence and creativity together in one volume. So what I'm going to do for the next week is hand the podcast over to Jo so that she can interview some of the people who are doing the most interesting things in and around sustainability that she knows. Uh, I can't wait to hand over the conversation to her. Before um, she gets off and running with her guests, I thought it was only right that Joe and I catch up for a chat uh, to frame what is coming. Joe, welcome to Daddy Linen. Wow, can't believe I've got this opportunity. Thank you, Danny. Well, I can't think of a better person to try something new on Daddy Linen with. And, you know, when I mean, I've known about this book for a while. I've been fortunate enough to write the foreword for it. So I've had a bit of a preview and I know what an important book it is. Uh, I just thought it's it's such an important book and such a potential game changer that it didn't seem enough to just have you on for a chat. I really wanted to let the listeners get inside your mind, uh, see the world the way you do. And I thought what better way than asking you to extend an invitation to some people that you think are doing amazing things. So thank you for coming along this ride with us. Oh, thank you. That's lovely things to say. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. I've got some cool ideas and some amazing people lined up. So Joe, a lot of people listening to this podcast will already have some awareness of you and what you do, but for those who perhaps haven't encountered you, uh, and they're coming to you fresh. How do you describe yourself? Oh, um, I guess, you know, I've got a restaurant in Lawn called Little Picket, which is just a community space. Um, it's located in the Lawn Bowls Club. And I would just say that I'm a chef who is interested in local food and local community. Um, I spend a bit of time at Future Food System with Yost Backer and Matt Stone, which was a kind of a social experiment, I guess, which was a house in Federation Square that grew all its own food and produced all its own power. And that was really a clarifying moment for me. I'd come from restaurants and I'd been a baker and spent a lot of time, you know, making cheese and making charcuterie and then, you know, was in this house trying to cook with whatever was just growing around us, um, you know, minimal waste. And it was a moment of feeling great about cooking and food but also quite overwhelming because I met so many people who were really worried about the same things that I was worried about within the climate and within the industry about not having a negative impact with the way that we cook on the natural world. And I guess I've taken what I've learned there 
um, and then realized that, you know, to make a difference in the world, it, it all came back to cooking and all came back to cooking skills. So I guess I, I just call myself a chef, but who's interested in having a positive impact on the world and not a negative um, impact. And I see that through cooking and through food and connecting with our local community. So maybe community warrior. <laughs> yeah, love that. Uh, chef and community warrior is great. I think food is it, it, food can be such a problem. You know, we hear about food waste. We hear about chemicals that are used to, to grow food. Um, we hear about problems with supply chains, you know, farmers who are um, not being paid properly or perhaps supermarket workers who are getting shouted at. Like the food can seem like a site of real problems. It's also something that we all need to engage with. I suppose for me, food always seems like a place where hope can live uh, because we all do have to engage with it as much as there are problems associated with it, changes within it, each of our grasp. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, you know, we all eat, but also it's the biggest common denominator for all of us is food and at varying levels, but especially within the industry, you know, food is our life. And I think it's come to a point of, you know, where do we really prioritize food as nourishment and uh, food as community? And I find, it, you know, at the moment, the food system is really damaging. And you can, you can see that through when we have crazy weather events, how it impacts the food system, but how disconnected we've come with that, with people, you know, popping off about the prices of lettuce and potatoes disappearing. But we've become so disconnected that we've stopped prioritizing it and it can actually be the solution as well. So I think that's why I think this is a moment of, it's quite exciting and writing sustain was my way of, you know, I'm not, I don't want to shove sustainability down anyone's throats, but it's exciting that we could make a big difference just by cooking and by the way we eat. And I just want to share what I've learned and my experiences that might help people because I found that we all have the same questions. So I just wanted to contribute, I guess, to that thought pattern or the idea of that food could be the thing that is a positive change, not the negative. So tell us about the structure of the book because it's it's really not a normal cookbook. Um, so it's 30 dishes that you could cook any day of the week and I, I really, you know, there's so much beauty in process and writing the book. I wasn't sure if I wanted it to be a really technical cookbook, but then I really wanted everyone to be able to get involved and have a go at cooking um, some of the recipes. So the, the 30 dishes, you could go to your local farmer's market or to the supermarket and you can cook that dish and still have an impact on the planet through either reducing waste or um, mostly adapting to using seasonal produce at their prime and, and how to do that. Then once you kind of get an idea and you think, oh, that dish is, I could do that again, then it's a bit of a choose your own adventure into um, those recipes being made up of 50 skill builder recipes. And they're probably the real key to sustainable cooking. So fermenting, preserving, capturing abundance, building a pantry, maybe using some invasive species that you haven't used before. Um, and those kind of skills will give you the ultimate freedom to become creative once you've mastered them and you can just take one at a time. So then when you 
go to a farmer's market. You don't necessarily have to grow the food, but you might choose, you know, a cabbage over a tomato um, that's in season and then make sauerkraut. And then instead of just having sauerkraut in a sandwich, you might make a rooster broth and use the sauerkraut in that to make a delicious soup. So it's kind of a, um, a way that you could reverse the book, um, either make the dish, make the skill builder, and then make a recipe from that skill builder. Wow. Um, it's great because, I mean, I love it because it's very actionable. Like you can go, yeah, pretty deep and really upskill and, and start start fermenting and preserving. Uh, you talk people through, yeah, preserving foods like sterilising jars, all that sort of stuff. Um, or it can well and I suppose it's also a mindset shift mindset shift that you're asking people to to go along yeah definitely and um you know some of the things often seem a little bit daunting or a bit overwhelming especially when you're starting to preserve or ferment or maybe you want to try your hand at charcuterie but you're like really frightened that you might kill yourself by making a fermented (laughs) cured meat dish but there's some really entry-level recipes in there where maybe you make some induya and you just cure it in the fridge overnight and or if, you know for two weeks and you get your introduction into what charcuterie might be like and then you can choose to maybe you know try a different type of charcuterie but just giving people at least their foot in the door to try and get a result and then you can go on your own journey to learn a new skill but I just find my experience with future food system and having so many restrictions, which which I thought were restrictions at the time, that it all came back to cooking skills and then it actually led to the ultimate creativity and it was hard. I just want people to experience that <laughs> and I thought by sharing skills and recipes that people might get that feeling. Yeah, and I love that the recipes are so intertwined, you know, like something can be the basis of a number of dishes or a condiment that goes with various things. When you think about like a lot of cookbooks, I reckon they'd have, you know, upwards of 90 dishes, up to 200 dishes. I mean, some big doorstoppers would have hundreds of recipes. But if you think about how people really cook and eat, they've probably got a repertoire of a dozen dishes that they cycle in and out of, Um maybe 20 when you think about it through the whole year. So I think 30 dishes that are all intertwined that it build your skills, as you say, and allow you to bring in other seasonal produce as it comes along. It's actually a pretty realistic repertoire for people. Yeah, I hope so. Um, often it's about, you know, how would you use wallaby, for example, and just searing it is a really good way, you know, as a skewer is a really good way to at least try it. Some people don't even know just where to start. And I think some of the recipes in there are that good starting place that you could become a little bit more adventurous maybe and then you might try a skewer with venison or maybe it's mushroom. Um, so, yeah, just really hoping that if you just got a strong foundation that, you yeah, you can really grow from that. And, uh, yeah, I totally agree. You don't have to be adventurous all the time. <laughs> it might just be one skill that you try in a different way with different ingredients. Yeah, and, I mean, I've just flicked to the Induya recipe as you were speaking because <laughs> I was like, what? I missed this one. Um, and I, I'm obsessed with Induya. I just wrote about it today. There's this beautiful cafe in North Melbourne called Lumen People and they you'd love it, Joe. Like they, they use all produce from local farmers like Somerset Farm and and um, Dog Creek and 
just really nice cheese and they make this Nduya butter that was um, drizzled over some ricotta and then on top of that was some beautiful roasted pumpkin and then there was just some fried sage leaves that they'd grabbed from a garden down the road and some toasted pepitas and that was that was it. That was a brunch dish. Um, and, yeah, I became instantly a bit obsessed with this Nduya butter but now I can um, – make my own India. It's only got one, two, three, four, five, six. It's only got eight ingredients. It sounds pretty doable. Oh, it's, and it's really delicious. And you don't have the fear of, oh, is this going to turn out right? Because you cure it in the fridge. So it's, yes. you know, it's really safe um, in that way. But the coolest thing is if I make Induya and you make Induya and someone else does, and we're going to get our, you know, free range pork from somewhere and our, chilies from some they're all going to taste a little bit different which I love those little nuances depending on where you're getting your produce from and although that the you know it's the same recipe I like that there's differences depending on where we're getting our produce from and that speaks about farmers and how they're doing it and that's the idea that you start becoming connected with the producer I love that too. So, Joe, you're going to be the dirty linen host for the week, although I might butt in every now and again. But um, I'd love you to give us a little preview of who you're going to be chatting to. Yeah, well, um, I think first up we're going to have Billy um, Stoughton. He's from Discovered Wild Foods. He's one of the co-founders. And I met Billy at Future Food System and Discovered is a really interesting business business. so it's all based around wild game, venison and wild boar and goat. And I think at the moment they've even got some rabbit in stock. Um, and the idea is that they go and wild kind of cull and shoot. Um, it's free range, it's organic, nutrient den- dense and a pest. But they're delivering to you can order online to home, but also for industry. Um, and they um, kind of tackle the idea about you know, something that is a pest, but coming up with a solution, a sustainable solution. And I just spent a bit of time in America where wild food is really embraced in their kind of culture. And coming back to Australia where we have culling programs, um, you know, taxpaying culling programs, but, you know, could this industry be a little bit bigger in Australia? And is it a bit of a missed opportunity? And to dive into and speak with Billy who set up... um, discovered with Tara um, is really interesting and even though I know him I have so many questions about how they've done it um, kind of what is the opportunity in Australia for wild game you know how you know this recipes in the book so um, I really love to tap into and pick his brain um, and then Sam Oakdean from Stop Food Waste Australia so I met Saint, um, Sam at Syro earlier this year um, so stop. I didn't even know what Stop Food Waste Australia was. So he's the head of the Australian Food Pact, um, which is a, a group of businesses who are committed to reducing food waste in Australia by 50% by 2030, which is pretty massive. And they work directly with businesses and with government to reduce food waste in the industry, like really large industry. Um, and here's some pretty amazing statistics about how much food waste is actually happening in Australia, but then has a very positive outlook on how we can affect that at home and as individuals. Um, so I'm keen, I guess, to get a bit more of an insight into 
what industrial food waste looks like, um, how they go about reducing it, especially because as chefs I can see that there's a big movement at the moment, not just within uh, restaurants, but I guess chefs are starting to move into the idea of producing products and I think he really can give us a bit of an insight into how to do that without having food waste involved. Um, Right. And then probably one of my – I'm a big fan of Matthew Evans and (laughs) I guess interviewing him is a bit of a um, selfish move um, because I'm really keen to pick his brain. He was a former chef and food critic and then kind of transitioned out of that into agriculture and he's written nine books and had, um, I guess, the same feeling that I had, you know, is the industry damaging the world or the food system? Um, and he moved into agriculture to try and, I guess, do better and be a part of it. And I'm really interested in that. So I'd love to find out how that transition went for him. And now he has the um, Fat Pig Farm, which is, a, <laughs> in quotes, a soil to stomach regenerative farm and I'm pretty keen to see how you know can we connect with soil and food and have a restaurant and still do good for the planet yeah well they sound like three really fascinating conversations I can't wait to hear where you take them and yeah yeah I mean you're leading with the curiosity which is I think, yeah, such a great mindset to go into an interview. So, yeah, Joe, um, cannot wait to handball the pod over to you and watch you take it away. Nice one. Oh, thanks so much for the opportunity. Yeah, all good. So, um, Dirty Linen crew, um, stick with us. Uh, We will be handing Dirty Linen over to Joe Barrett for the week uh, for three incredible conversations. I feel like we're all going to come away feeling like there is a lot we can do. This is going to be pretty empowering chats, I reckon, Um, just like your book is, Joe. So look out for Joe Barrett's Sustain and look out for our Joe Barrett podcast series on Dirty Linen. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.